0: Welcome into Head to Headlines, episode 17. I'm Steve here with Evan. It's World's Week. We just got done with five amazing days up in Vermont at the Smuggler's Notch Disc Golf Center. We saw an MPO field of 216 players, averaging 10 10.6 rating, the highest of all time, and the FPO field of 78 that largest field at worlds all time with an average rating of 930.2 of course these are the strongest fields of the year mpo was almost 25 points higher than the next best at music city and fpo was uh, just two points higher than waco evan you were out on the course all week tell us about the action on the ground
1: Well, it was an electric feeling in the air, although it started off a little wet Wednesday, as you saw on coverage was a uh, wet day. It was pouring and it probably was even wetter than it looked on coverage. But every day after that was absolutely beautiful, but all good weather, not very much wind and letting these players shine. Uh, there were so many people there it was fantastic venue coming down fox run hole 18 for both divisions finishing it out was spectacular to see two world champions get crowned
0: well and I spied you behind the camera there on hole 16 in the final round watching one Isaac Robinson take home his first world championship Robinson won by two strokes, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's the largest margin of victory at MPO World since 2018, coincidentally at these same courses. Isaac Robinson is now the fastest MPO player to win their first two majors. He did it in just 19 weeks or 133 days, almost twice as fast as Nico LaCastro, who was the next fastest. A total of five players have now won their first two majors within 365 days, LeCastro and then Macbeth, Climo, and Felberg. And Robinson is the 18th MPO player to win multiple majors and just the seventh unique player to win multiple majors in a single season.
1: Isaac Robinson took home $30,000 for this win. Uh, it's his highest payout of his career and his second five figure paycheck of the season. He now has $84,000 of winnings this year, almost exactly half of his career earnings. Interestingly enough, Isaac Robinson didn't lead the field on either course in total score. He was 28 down at Fox Run, four behind Eagle McMahon, and 18 down at Brewster Ridge, two strokes behind Chris Clemens. But of course, in the end, what matters is how you play at both courses combined, where he did indeed beat the field. Uh, Looking at previous World's winners to see if this is a trend, Paul McBeth led at Jones Supreme, but did not lead at Emporia Country Club. And in 2021, James Conrad also didn't lead at either of the courses played there. Isaac Robinson had 56 birdies or better throughout this event, which in the last three seasons is the most of any tournament of course worlds is five rounds long Uh, Calvin Heiberg's the next most which was also here at worlds and to look back at the other five round events the last two worlds in this time frame Tristan Tanner had the most last year with 52 and before that was James Conrad the winner at 2021 worlds Uh, but to break it down by most birdies are better by round isaac robinson was 11.20 here at worlds which does trail ricky isaki at the 2023 preserve earlier this season with 12.33 which is the best per round mark from elite majors in the last three seasons and isaac robinson won at 46 down which just coincidentally, is the same exact score as Paul McBeth won with last year in regulation, which means, of course, Aaron Gossage, the other member of the playoff, was also tied at 46 down.
0: Well, moving over to FPO, she came in as the heavy favorite to the, the event, but she had to work hard to take down her second world title. It's Kristen Tatar who wins it in FPO.
1: That now marks a back-to-back World Championship victories for Kristen Tatar, becoming the first FPO player to win back-to-back Worlds since 2009, where Valerie Jenkins actually won three straight from 2007 to 2009. Uh, this also marks Kristen Tatar as the 10th multi-time FPO World's winner. Uh, and the only the third player to win four consecutive majors, joining, joining Juliana Corver and Elaine King, uh, both of those being mainly last millennium, so we can kind of twist it as Kristen Tatar is the first player this millennium to win four consecutive FPO majors. She has also led for the past 18 rounds at FPO majors, beating the field uh, in every single one of those from the tournament score. The record is 20 straight rounds. Tatar is not very far away. Juliana Corver holds the record of 20, which she earned from 1999 Worlds Round 4 all the way through 2,000 Worlds in round eight back when they used to have more rounds. Tatar's last four major wins have all been rated over 1,000 rated. Uh, we saw uh, 1,007 rated at this year's Worlds, also notably at last year's Worlds was the same number, and in between we had 1,000 exactly at the European Open and 10, 10 at Champions Cup. She's the only woman to shoot over 1,000 rated in a five-round tournament, And she's now done it twice uh, for these past two worlds. And of the 7,000 rated majors that we've seen from FPO players, she owns four of those seven, which are the four I named earlier. And lastly, she took home $15,000, which is her highest paycheck at a standard event. And in her her entire PDGA career, it is second only to the $35,000 she won from last year's Tour Championship, which is of course a special format for the championship.
0: Well, Missy Gannon took second place after a hard-fought battle with Kristen Tatar. She shot a 997.6 rated weekend, the fourth highest event rating at Worlds ever. That's behind Tatar's two wins and Pierce's 2019 Worlds win, which came in just 0.4 more at 998 even. Gannon's been improving at Worlds and GMC each year, taking fourth place at both last year. Rounding out the podium, Holland Hanley takes third for the second straight year. She's just the fifth woman to have back-to-back podiums at Worlds in the last 10 years. And the others are all world champions, Tatar, Pierce, Katrina Allen, and Valerie Jenkins. A quick look at season stats. If we look at score to par per round for the season, the top players are Kristen Tatar, shooting on average 4.4 strokes under par per round. Then it's Missy Gannon at negative 2.2, and Holland Hanley at minus 2.1. Yes, that stats for the whole field and lines up perfectly with the podium. Tatar is first in under par holes per round, Hanley is in second, and Gannon is in fifth for the season. So it's cool to see the season's top performers take the top spots here at Worlds.
1: Evelina Salonen and Henna Blomroos tie for fourth place. They are now both three for three and top five finishes at worlds. All top five players were also in the top five last year. This is the only time in FPO history that this has happened. Uh, to also note, Paige Pierce was in the top five last year, but did not play this year. But all the top five this year were in the top five last year. Moving throughout the top 10, Silva Saarinen takes sixth place. Believe it or not, she led the entire field with birdies through the event with 36. She, of course, uh, by context, was hurt by bogeys. She averaged 4.6 over par holes per round, comparing it to the winner, Tatar, who is at 1.4. We also saw Macy vela Valerie Mandojano, Ali Smith, and Lucky Lorenzen tie for seventh. That's the best finish for those five players.
0: Taking a look at other world champs in the field, Katrina Allen finished in 24th. She also finished in 24th at GMC last year. Unfortunately her worst four FPO finishes are in her last four events, and she missed the top 10 at Worlds for this, only the second time with her other missed top 10 at Worlds being last year. Five time world champion Juliana Corver finished inside the cash line at 30th place. And Sarah Hokum had only missed one podium in Vermont in 10 starts, which was last year at GMC. She was on a 30 straight top 10 streak at FPO Majors going back to 2010. But unfortunately, Mrs. Cash here finishing in 38th, her worst finish in the FPO division. And then also 1988 and 89 world champion Chris O'Cleary finished in a very respectable 53rd place.
1: We saw 16 total international players residing from outside the United States. That's the most at Worlds in the last 20 years. It's as far back as we have reliable data to query for this. Half of the top 10 finishers came from Europe. We have Kristina Tatar from Estonia. Salonen, Blomrus, and Saarinen are from Finland. Loretsen is from Norway, which is the best Worlds finish of any Norwegian. And this is the most international players in the top 10. With 2022 and 2019 each having three players which were the same three players in both years being Salin and and tatar
0: moving over to mpo we saw players flying up and down the leaderboard all event which may seem crazy but we actually haven't seen a leader in the first two rounds of worlds go on to win since 2017 when Waisaki was tied for the lead after round two before taking it down Anthony Barella took second place from the chase card. It's his first major podium, and his third top 10 at majors all have come within the last five major events that he's played. Barella also won the distance contest at Worlds, and he'll be looking to get a, a pro world title one day as he has a junior and amateur world championship in his uh, trophy case eagle mcmahon and matt oram tie for third also from the chase card this is matteo's fourth podium at worlds his first world's podium was 18 years ago in 2005. that's the longest stretch of podium finishes at worlds climo is next at 16 years mattio now has 12 leader major podiums the most of any player without a win and he leads all MPO players with five major top fives in the last two seasons. Eagle McMahon picked up his first podium finish at Worlds. The two-time major winner's previous best finish at Worlds was sixth all the way back in 2016. He shot a 10.92, 14 down at Fox Run, uh, which is tied for the eighth hottest round at Worlds all time, but it's not the hottest round or the largest rating swing we've seen from Eagle at Worlds. In 2019, he followed up a 997 round two at Northwood with an eleven oh seven at Eureka, a 110-point swing in back-to-back rounds, the largest increase in worlds history.
1: Calvin Heimberg finishes in fifth place, which marks his first top five at Worlds, and his first top five in the state of Vermont. It is just his second top 10 at Worlds. And this fifth place is tied for his fourth worst finish on the season, uh, which is to note how amazingly consistent he has been consistently being at the top of the leaderboard this season. Moving along, we have Gannon Burr, Alden Harris, and Kyle Klein, who all tied for sixth place. Each of them have their best Worlds finish of their career here in sixth place. Chris Dickerson takes ninth which now marks four top tens in seven starts at the World Championships. And James Proctor rounds out the top 10 with his first career top 10 at Worlds, his first major top 10 uh, of all majors, and it is his ninth elite or major top 10 of the season.
0: And looking at other previous world champions in the MPO field, Ricky Wysocki finishes in 12th place, A very respectable finish, but his worst since his first MPO world start in 2011 where he took 19th. It was just his 5th missed major top 10 since that first win in 2011, and he has narrowly missed the top 10 in 3 of his last 5 majors. It's also the first time he missed the top 10 in Vermont in his 12 starts. He has 5 wins on the Smuggler's Notch property. Paul Macbeth finished in 13th place, ending his 10-year streak of 1st or 2nd place finishes. His 1041 event rating, interestingly, was better than his 2017 Worlds rating of 1040, where he took 2nd place to Waisaki. And then we saw James Conrad, 2021 World Champion, uh, took 26th place. And Greg Barsby, who won here in 2018, finished in 55th.
1: In MPO, there was 24 international players in the field. Simon Lazat, who is an international player, was the top finisher at 11th. Uh, He's also the last international player to finish top 10 at Worlds, which was an eighth place finish in 2019. And we haven't seen more than one international player finish in the top 10 at any Worlds since 2003 uh, when we started tracking this data. Lori Lettinen takes 13th which is a vast improvement on his 86th place finish last year, which is also tied for the best elite or major finish in the USA for Lettinen, uh, with his 13th place at Jonesboro just last season. Nicholas Antela takes 19th, and Jakob Semerad takes 20th. Well,
0: we'll try out a new segment here. We're calling the chalkboard. Um, Looking at the top 10 players in each division and how they um, fared at the event, this is using the Statmando official rankings coming into the event. So in MPO, the worst finisher of a top 10 player was Cole Rodolin in 22nd. He was ranked ninth coming into the event. That's the fourth best on the season in terms of the lowest finisher and we'll take a look at what we're calling the chalk score which is the player rank minus the place that they took so when we add all those up the chalk total for worlds was minus 33 meaning that the top 10 players finished collectively 33 spots below their ranking or roughly three spots per player that's good for third best on the season behind european open and Glow. Portland Ledgestone and Champions Cup also show up in the top 50% of events this year in that metric. So the main takeaways here are that the top players in the field played very well at Worlds and that in general, the top players show up to the biggest events with majors, playoffs and elite plus scoring well. And these are also the events with the most rounds for top players to get some separation on the field. If we look at FPO, it's a completely different story. We only had 8 top 10 players finish the event, Pierce was out with an injury and Scoggins had to DNF. Only 4 of those players finished in the top 10, a 50% rate that is 2nd worst on the season uh, just in front of Music City. The worst finisher of 24th is in the bottom 3rd of events this season. And surprisingly, the total chalk score matches MPO exactly at minus 33, but with those eight players, it's the fourth worst total on the season for FPO, and there's 4.1 spots per player is in the bottom quarter um, for the season as well. So overall, if we look at the top 10 in FPO, we do see an underperformance here at Worlds.
1: And let's take a minute to review Fox Run Hole 6 and NPO. It came in as the most birdied uh, hole on either of these courses and also the most birdied hole on the season. When we look at tour card holders and at elite or major events, it was 82% under par, also was a 2.24 average or 0.76 strokes under par. The 82% is the highest of the season that I mentioned earlier, but 0.76 strokes under par is only the fifth easiest. The other four above it had multiple eagles to the low of the average. Uh, You would guess that there would be par four and fives in this list and three of those are but eureka Temp temple seven at ledgestone which had two eagles although that makes him aces for a par three uh was one of the easier at score to par it also eureka temple seven also didn't have a single over par record from tour card holders and with fox run as easy as it was it did see about six percent of tour card holders take an over par score
0: Well, to close out, let's look ahead to the final majors of the season. First, we'll have US Women's, where Kristen Tatar can become the first woman to win every major in a season when the season has more than two majors. She would be the first woman to win five FPO majors in a row if she can take it down. And she has the potential to set that record for most major rounds led in a row. Also looking at her cash, depending on how payouts um, look at the final events of the season and how she plays, she could set a new record for fastest to reach $100,000 in a season, which of course she set last year.
1: And after that, we'll see the United States Disc Golf Championship in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And can Isaac Robinson do what seems to be the impossible? Uh, He has improved every single year. He has played USDGC playing it even before he started really touring. Uh, He finished 61st in the first year he played it. And then he finished 21st, then 15th, 8th in 2021 and then sixth in 2022. If Isaac Robinson goes on to win USDGC, he would be the first player since 2015 to win three or more MPO majors in a single season. When we saw Paul Macbeth win five in 2015, winning all five. And before that, the only other record of three or more MPO major wins in a single season was also Paul Macbeth when he won three in 2013. Isaac Robinson would also be the ninth player. Uh, in mpo history to win three or more mpo majors uh, throughout their career
0: well before we get to those majors we have the Discmania open silver event this weekend followed by the mvp open the following week we will be here on head to headlines to break down the action for you and we will see you then